right, everybody. Welcome back to the Crypto 101 podcast. Off to a high caliber morning. Just got back from the gym, got some pre-workouts still uh, flowing through my veins a little bit. So uh, sorry if I come off a little strong today, but I'm excited. We've got a hedge fund manager on the show today, uh, and this is going to be killer. But Pizza Mind, uh, you're back from Taiwan. One piece. Uh, You look good. Thank you. I am back. I'm extremely jet lagged and tired. And what I'm suffering from lack of energy, I'm going to make up for with extra attitude this morning. Uh, and to get my, <laughs> my heart beat up, I've been laughing my ass off at the news today. The Senate Banking Committee is coming out recommending that the United States bans crypto. And this is literally the most laughable thing, considering I've met the head of crypto at Bank of America this year. So I don't think they'd be very happy if this crony actually got his way. This is just another way of shaking our positions out uh, (laughs) and trying to do one last flush out of hands that aren't weak, but extremely tired. Uh, But I know one person who's not going to be falling for that, and that's our guest today. Yes. No, man, it's been a tough 2022, a year I'll certainly never forget, uh, just in terms of the 60-40 portfolio had the worst year ever. Bitcoin was down something like 70%. It was a true bloodbath. But uh, we're still standing. And Chris Perkins, who's the president and the managing partner at uh, CoinFund, he's still standing. He's joining us today to talk crypto. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, dude, Chris, you, you, you've got CoinFund. This is an OG cryptocurrency uh, venture capital fund. You got a bunch of different strategies, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You launched a third fund like super recently for a few hundred million bucks. Yeah. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit about our company. We started in yeah. 2015. Uh, we are crypto OG. We've been through, we actually started in a, in a, in a brutal bear market. So this is uh, one of many bear markets that we've been able to navigate. Um, and dare I say, I feel very excited about the future. Um, you know, we're seeing transformation that's happening at, at a major scale. And so we're, we remain focused on, on, the, on the future. We're seeing incredible founders and entrepreneurs every single day. We have a series of pre-seed and seed strategies. Uh, we have a venture strategy, and then we have a liquid strategy, also known as a hedge, hedge fund strategy. Uh, so we will, we work with founders from, from the very early inception, uh, just got off with like a couple of founders. They, they actually blew me away uh, the amount of talent that's building here and like bear markets are for buildings. So we're seeing, seeing just that. So we can take a, a company or a protocol from their initial, um, go live all the way up through, um, series A. And then, uh, we also transact in, in, in liquid tokens. That's us. How do founders get a hold of funds like yours? Or do you go out and find them at you know hackathons and dev conferences, or do they somehow come to your doorstep? All of the above. Um, you know, I think being around for so long, you build relationships and you're able to navigate crypto native communities. Uh, and whether you're going to various conferences or hackathons or you know, you just you, you you meet people out at night. Uh, you, you know, it's still a relationship business. You have to find, and then of course, when you have a portfolio of like a, over a hundred portfolio companies, and you really invest in their well-being and their development, that reputation builds because founders talk to other founders. And and one thing that we really try to do is we try to give as much resource as possible to to our companies because it's we're fully aligned, right? If they're successful, we're successful. So it's uh. 
that's one of the, the most, I guess, rewarding parts of the job is like really sitting down with founders and saying, okay, hey, we've got these diverse, and by the way, our partners are, come from diverse background. Our team comes from diverse backgrounds. I was a U.S. Marine, so I know what it's like to get shot at. Thank um, you for your service. Built reg- <laughs> Thanks. Built a couple of regulated businesses in my day. And so, you know, whether they need help in, in navigating, you know, some of the complex regulatory environments, um, you know, you mentioned Senate banking. I, I testified in front of Congress earlier this year. Uh, we can help them there. Um, we can help them at the technology level and, and look at the code and say, hey, you know, have you thought about this? We've got, you know, backgrounds in, in PE, venture, law, um, you name it. And so, like, one of the best ways to source is, is frankly, through reputation. And you get that reputation by helping founders along the way, and they talk to each other, et cetera. So it, it's, it's an awesome job. I, I wouldn't give it up for the world, despite the market challenges. Like, I'm telling you, when you, you see the amount of smart people that are pouring into this space and buildings happening, um, you can't stop it. And crypto's not going away. Uh, it's just going to get more institutional. And I, I think that there's a there's also a view that, you know, w- with the latest challenges that we've seen, and we can talk about it, among CFI, right, centralized finance, organizations that are tightly controlled, you know, I think it's kind of left a nice opening for decentralization because what do we get? The transparency and other things. And so that coupled with regulation that's coming, um, you know, it gives us that certainty, predictability, and transparency that allows our founders to build. So, you know, I'm at my heart bullish on on the long term, and, and I'll stay that way. Speaking of getting shot at, it feels like there's been bullets flying over my head every freaking day while trading crypto <laughs> this year. It was, uh, yeah, this was, you know, one of those years where you, re- you look back and you're like, yeah, th- that's probably one of the worst years we'll ever have to face. Um, and so for for guys like us, you know, um, you know, we think, okay, well, it's it's going to get better. But for guys like you, you know, when you're managing hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars, and you go through a year like this, what psychologically is going through your mind, and how do you remain confident that crypto's still going to be here next year? That you know, you didn't just you know the bubble popped, and now you're you're out of a job forever. So, if you go back to previous cycles, I would tell you that. There was a question, you know, an existential question about crypto, right? If you go back to you know, the ICO era, you know, what's going to happen? Are regulators and governments going to come in and shut this whole thing down? That narrative shifted completely. That, that's gone. Crypto is here. And let's talk about some of the reasons why it's not going away. Uh, I, I used to work at a bank and Basel capital rules are very, very important to banks. They just finalized Bank Which is like, can you explain that? That's like capital requirements. To yeah. Lend so in order for banks to to undertake their activities, there are these rules that say how much capital they have to hold to mitigate their risk. So like they're not one for one backed, right? They have to hold a certain amount of capital to undertake certain types of businesses. And by the Fractional way, reserve people, banking. Yeah. What people don't understand is that that is the, probably the most defining important regulation that any bank will look at, because if you if, if you have a business, you have to hold capital against it. If you wanted to drive a return on your on your capital, you have to earn a certain amount of, of net income based on the capital that you have to hold. Super, super important for banks. Now, what just happened, uh, I think it was last week, the, the folks that define those rules, BIS, Basel, they actually finalized rules for crypto. There is oh, nothing wow. more that legitimizes the asset class, right? 
That's not saying, hey, we're getting rid of it. Yeah, they're conservative for sure. But it's saying, no, we have this new asset class and now we have rules for it. And so we're no longer facing an existential question or challenge to the asset class. To the contrary, regulation is giving it legitimacy, right? It absolutely is. Yeah, and, and, so- and, coming, and coming from a guy like yourself, um, I believe when I was reading about your background, you were working at um, Citigroup. You were the head of futures. There was like something like 700 or 800 people working under you. Um, speaking of background, and now you know we're, we're in the US. We want to trade crypto derivatives, but our hands are tied behind our back. Like, Is that a future that's ever going to come? Are, are we ever going to get crypto derivatives in the US? Oh, that, that, that's, that's my dream. But let's <laughs> step back a little bit. We have an administration now, right? They're talking about, we want rules for responsible innovation, right? When it comes to crypto, again, legitimizing it. The derivatives industry is something that is near and dear to my heart. I've been, you know, like I said, one of my jobs was to take the $700 trillion derivatives industry after the global financial crisis and move it from unregulated to regulated. Um, I testified in front of Congress about this. The mm-hmm. problem with crypto derivatives um, is that it depends on intermediaries today. Um, and technology that we have, blockchain technology, allows us to no longer rely on those intermediaries, right? But but because the global financial crisis was so prescriptive on the regulation that was needed, it forced this market structure that was needed. As, the, as a guy who used to run the biggest, if not the biggest intermediary in the world for derivatives, I know that the math doesn't work. You can't generate that ROE by, by running a, uh, an intermediary business that takes crypto. It's just too expensive. Mm-hmm. But we have the technology where we can take those, intermediate, those intermediaries out of the system and allow an inclusive means to, for people to participate in derivatives. And people are like, what, you want to let more people trade derivatives? Yeah. Gosh, wouldn't it have been better when the market was crashing if we could hedge our risk? That's good for everybody. Derivatives have been around since like 16th century Japan where farmers would hedge their rice. And, um, so we need the ability to hedge. Um, I do think that, you know, when I talk to the CFTC, I talk to them fairly regularly. We've got good dialogue. And I say, look, what are the principles that we're trying to solve for? Inclusivity, right? Client protections. We can deliver all those things through blockchain technology. And so to me, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And look, FTX was absolutely a setback. We were very close to getting a rule passed that would have allowed for a first step. And that first step would have been the elimination of intermediaries. I think uh, I was speaking, I heard uh, Commissioner Peterson talking about this the other day. They're actually thinking about doing full-blown rulemaking around around addressing some of these things. So again, like I think it's going to happen, and that's a stage one. I think stage two would be, okay, we're able to deliver this through CFI, regulated CFI. Well, gosh, what are the principles? Like I said, client protection, transparency. Oh, we can do that through DeFi as well. And so- yeah. That's the glide path. It's not going to happen overnight. The important thing to do is to focus on principles. And, and, and I think most of our regulators really understand that and we need to continue to engage. So these days, it seems like every new potential hire can feel like this high stakes wager for your small business. I mean, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best, most qualified candidates available. And so that's exactly why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, okay? LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. In fact, our brand new super podcast producer TiVo, the absolute man myth legend himself, he literally just started here at Crypto 101 this month to take us to the next level and we found him through LinkedIn. He's one of 
many that we've found thanks to LinkedIn uh, this year alone, believe it or not. So guys, get this. It's so easy to create a job post on LinkedIn. Once you've done so, all you got to do is just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And you can start spreading the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions and stuff. It, it just makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And we're always, always, always looking to finish the year strong here at Crypto 101. And by using LinkedIn Jobs, we were able to bring on the right podcast producer candidate in TiVo. Okay, TiVo's the man, along with a bunch of other great new team members. So it's stories like our own that show us why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So Crypto 101 listeners, you can go to LinkedIn Jobs to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to and do it a heck of a lot faster. So you can go, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. Okay, that's linkedin.com slash crypto and you could post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking uh, the good fight and lots of knowledge to Capitol Hill on our behalf. Uh, Couldn't thank you enough, and we couldn't pick a better guy to send either. So really appreciate that. And I want to talk a little bit more about your new fund. It's, it's focused on Web3. First off, how do you define what Web3 is? Because it's just this giant spider web of almost all things not Bitcoin at this point. But in your focus, what are you looking for? Yeah, Web3 means a, a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, to me, it's really getting back to the true principles of the Internet, which is that of one of that's decentralized one that enables us to now take private property, put it into the internet, because today, like you know, Web two, the, there's no private property. It's all all values controlled by a couple of centralized counterparties, right? It's the creator economy, and so when we look at our our investment uh, thesis, we look across numerous different verticals. Um, one I talked about already, uh, DeFi, um, which is decentralized finance. It allows peer to peer transactions. It's a very very exciting vertical for me. I come from a markets background. Um, it's, it, we still have some work to do. We have a lot of education to do, but it should result in a more inclusive uh, financial system. And so we do look across DeFi. And I think that there's some really in- innovative things that are happening now that can address some of the, the challenges that we've seen in the past. And like I said as well, like all these issues that we have in CeFi uh, that we experienced this year, I think DeFi will provide you know, a number of nice solutions there. We'll look at DAOs, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, the ability of communicate. You know, we're very tribal by our nature as humans. DAOs allow us to feed into that in- innately human in- instinct to form that tribe. Uh, but you can now also uh, raise a treasury and you can deploy that treasury for your group. So it's super interesting uh, vertical. We'll look at infrastructure across the board. Um, one of the challenges we have with Web3 is adoption, right? Like, why aren't we seeing billions and billions of users come in? A lot of it is because of user experience, and we're we're looking at projects now that really enhance that user experience, right? What, what, why do you care which ecosystem you have to like bridge into? It's hard, right? We need to make it easy so that people can just get very quick finality of their transactions on blockchain. They might not even know what blockchain it is. Like we're looking at some really amazing projects around interoperability, right? Let's find the, the, the blockchain that's the, the fastest, the cheapest, and the most secure. Let them compete. Off you go. So infrastructure is a, is a big part of it. Um, we spend a lot of time focusing on NFTs. Uh, we don't, in, we don't uh, invest in, in, in JPEGs per se in, 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 our, in our strategies, but uh, we look at tooling. Like, Imagine what could happen if you can unlock valuations for, for NFTs. And anything in the world can be an NFT beyond a JPEG. You know, I could take this, this mug and put it into the internet. So we're looking at that. There's some amazing convergence themes as well, uh, whether you're looking at the intersection of like AI, AI and blockchain. What happens when we bring those two things together? Fascinating. Um, ESG, it, you know, that's a major trend in traditional finance. 
what happens when you bring it together uh, with blockchain and you're creating NFTs for, for carbon offsets? Super interesting themes. Um, oh, and I also forgot gaming. Gaming, massive TAM, uh, uh, massive market. And, um, you know, that's another really interesting thing as you're seeing this play to earn um, phenomenon play out. Now, again, it's about user experience. It takes a really long time to build an awesome game. Uh, but but games are starting to come online and, and it's another awesome vertical. So so we will look across these verticals um, as you know, and we believe that that Web3 is probably going to be the, the defining technology of our generation. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a, it's an awesome place to be. How do you go through the vetting process of so many different brand new things that either have never been created before or are being created in a brand new way? And are you looking to make deals for equity or tokens? Uh, I'll answer your last question first. Uh, the answer is yes, right? Uh, we will. In- <laughs> yep, both. Uh, you know, there's there's value in 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 holding equity. There's value in holding tokens, and, and we'll look at that assessment during our process. Um, how do you vet every everything? You know, no matter how much we go down this this technology rabbit hole, it really starts with people. Uh, and I can't underscore that, emo- that, that enough. Um, when you are looking at, a, at an opportunity for investment, it starts with those founders. You know, who are they? What's their chemistry? Um, are they are they self aware? Do they understand their strengths? Do they understand their weaknesses? Um, so it really starts with people. And then you know you have these people. They're they're brilliant. What is the what are they trying to solve for? You know, what is the problem, and what is the solution? And then, you know, you start digging in deeper. Can they form a team that can that, that can you know, accomplish this task? How do they go to market? How do they scale? Um, and I'm telling you, like right now, um, as you mentioned, brutal time in crypto this year. Terrible. Um, but uh, it also leads to incredible opportunity because now is when the true founders build. And, you know, the next generation of projects that we're going to see. Uh, I, I imagine there's going to be a few of them that are going to be uh, world changing. Do you have any uh, favorite like success stories? Maybe to, to show you what I'm trying to do here is like, um, you know, in the bear market to the bull market, you know, there's uh, ashes and then a phoenix rises. And so you've been through many cycles. So do you have any uh, success stories in um, coin funds portfolio about you know, a beaten up asset that you guys kind of took a flyer on or took a risk on during the bear market that voila, you know, several years later kind of become uh, a big piece of the crypto uh, market. Yeah, look, there, there are a number of projects that are, you know, continuing to come into their own, um, you know, some projects like, um, you know, we were early in, in Dapper Labs, NBA Top Shots. Oh, nice. We were early in Block Daemon, uh, which provides a lot of infrastructure and, and node running. Um, one one project that, that recently uh, launched its token is a really cool one. It's called Demo. Uh, what Demo does is you can connect your car and, you know, in, in Web 2, people take your data and they monetize it for their own for their own selves. Here, you know, to the extent that you're giving um, people who want that data the data, they pay you in return for the tokens. And so this is like a true Web3 play or, you know, like a declimate. Uh, these guys are taking weather data, which is notoriously fragmented and terrible, putting it on chain so it is a source of truth. And once you have that weather data, you can build derivatives products off of it or you can monitor carbon in, in the ground in, 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 a, in a jungle. And, and you can create an NFT that that not only, you know, you don't want to pay the government because they'll take that money and then burn down the rainforest. You can actually um, 
you can actually pay them over time because you're monitoring the carbon on the ground. So there's really cool innovation out there. Um, you know, always go back to utility, right? Sometimes you don't want to just trade crypto for crypto's sake. Like what is the real utility that, 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 that we're trying to deliver here? I think those are all some really awesome examples of, of ways that we can leverage technology to drive utility. How do you balance the deal and the actual profit that it's going to make for your fund versus the actual impact that something's going to have on the real world? Like you just mentioned, D-Climate, for example. That's probably not going to be a top 20, top 15 thing that's traded with a billion dollars of daily volume, yet it's something that can make a really, really big difference. I, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive, right? We are here to find and invest in the, the most ambitious founders in the world for the benefit of, of our LPs. Um, and so I, I don't think it's you have to choose one or the other. Typically, we will invest when everything comes together um, and we identify that the market is large enough, the problem is large enough, um, you know, you know, using D-Climate as a solution. You know, weather data is incredibly valuable. Think about it. If you're a pharmaceutical company and you need to hedge and you're not sure what the palm count's going to be and it's going to directly impact your your pharmaceutical sales, like there are so many iterations and, and things that you can build off of that really strong data. You know, I think that there could be pretty, pretty material possibilities. Um, when we've spoken to some other um, you know, asset managers and allocators across the space, uh, a lot of them have talked about the importance of, you know, finding a founder, right? Finding a founder that you really believe in, um, especially for a lot of these early stage things. So are there any qualities of founders that have been successful in your guys's portfolio that maybe you could share with our audience? Like, hey, do more of this and, you know, be like this guy because uh, that's how you, you know, really get ahead in life. Look, I think it starts with with values. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are, are asking, you know, what went wrong in this last cycle? Um, really need to find people that with a strong ethical base, right? For starters, right? Like not just faking it like Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah, yeah, they have to have a strong ethical base and you need to make sure that you're doing the due diligence to ensure that they're they have good um, references and that you know that that they are good, thoughtful, ethical people. Um, and you also need to make sure that that you have sufficient ways to verify that that they're doing the right thing. Now, it's, it, it may not be appropriate to have a board, force a board of directors on somebody at the pre-seed level, but you also need to do the due diligence that's required as well. Um, so, so if you have a strong ethical background, like what do you look for? You look for people that are highly intelligent and perceptive, right? They see, an, they see a gap, they see a hole, they see something that needs to be fixed. And then they're able to come together, maybe with another founder and bring together a diverse team to accomplish a, a, a really difficult task with an eye on scale, right? Everything has to be scalable. Um, so I guess that that's how I would think about it. Love it. And now tell me about, um, you know, kind of going back to why you guys launched this new fund. And I'm curious about the mentality of launching a new fund. Um, is it that you decided opportunistically prices were down, bear markets are the perfect time to launch a new fund? Have have you launched new funds during every bear market or sometimes do you top ticket or, or how do you how do you think about that? Yeah, I can't speak about uh, specific funds, but I can speak about strategies, right? Okay. And so what we have is we have a, a seed and a pre-seed uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we... Um, as we continue to to roll out these strategies, they're focused on early stage uh, invest, early stage projects uh, where we want to give them the capital to put their idea to work. We also have a venture strategy, and that strategy will focus around Series A, Series B, 
And we're in this, this awesome position now where if we find founders at the seed pre-seed stage, as they uh, mature and their company grows, we can now support them series A into series B. Um, and so we love to have that continuity. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome where we can actually take, we can go on a journey with our founders from, from the very beginning all the way through series B, which is, which is fantastic. And we also have that, that liquid uh, strategy capability as well. As far as timing goes, um, timing is really a function of, of a few things. Really, it really comes down to our investors, right? We have to go out and speak to them, and, and, and we need to uh, make sure that we're delivering products that, they, that they're interested in. Um, they are the ones who, they're our lifeblood, and they, they allow us to do what we do. And so really, it really comes down to client demand uh, as we think about strategies going forward. Besides just cutting a check at different uh, stages, what are some other ways that you help founders and their projects either get off the ground or once they're already off the ground, scale or resolve issues? It's such a great question, and it's something that we really pride ourselves in. And so, like I said previously, we want to be aligned and we want to give incredible resource. Um, what are the resources that we provide as, as, fun, as, a, fun, as, a, uh, as a venture uh, company? Um, people, right? Like I said earlier, everything starts with people. We have an incredible head of talent. Uh, we hired her from, she came from Gemini, previously Google, working with founders to help them build out their teams, right? And so we'll be very involved in the recruiting process so that, that we help them there. Marketing, uh, we'll work with the company on getting their word out, uh, whether it's press releases or helping them with a marketing strategy. We'll actually even work with them on treasury management. Now, the one thing we don't do is we don't like say, hey, here's some money, give us back that money, we're going to manage it for you. That's not how it works. But what we will do is we will share our expertise in how to create the infrastructure to create security around their treasury function, because that's what we do for a living. So, hey, what are the best practices around moving capital? Which which uh, vendors do you use? How do you ensure have policies in place to keep your capital safe, which is a huge part of, of, of what we do? Um our partners will get involved in, in all different things. Like we have an entire portfolio of over a hundred and something companies, right? The ability for these companies to work together from a BD perspective is profound, right? So we have, you know, to the extent that, that one person is building infrastructure and the other one needs that infrastructure, it's perfect. They're all web three. Synergies so out the wazoo with partnerships. Out the wazoo. <laughs> out the wazoo. Um, look, I spent a lot of time building regulated businesses. So to the extent that we need to work with staff, to help them understand unique challenges. Then we'll take it to DDC and say, look, this doesn't make sense. And here's why we can solve the principles that you care about leveraging this new technology. So from a regulatory perspective, we also brought um, CryptoDad, uh, Christian Carlo. He's an advisor to us. And so he's been really instrumental. Former head of the CFTC, right? That's right. That's right. CryptoDad, as he's known, um, wonderful human being. And so like, to the extent that we need his advice, um, he's there for our portfolio as well. And so across the board, Again, we, um, we're aligned with our founders. We want to build them. We want to help them. We want to be in the trenches with them. When they win, we win. When they lose, we lose. Um, and that's how it works. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, now in terms of like, Anybody getting involved in coin fund? Um, I'd imagine there's some regulatory sort of like you got to be accredited or yada, yada, yada. But can you kind of tell us um, how somebody who's listening might potentially be able to get involved with coin fund if that's even possible? Sure. So, so yes, you know, generally the, our investors need to meet certain criteria. Um, we can argue all day whether that's that's fair or not, but um, you know, we have to follow. It is what it is. <laughs> we're, we're we're an SEC registered investment advisor, so there are a no, num, number of different rules that we have to follow mm-hmm. uh, and vetting that we have to do to bring investors in. Uh, one way to get involved is to the extent somebody is looking for an employment opportunity. Uh, we are doing some hiring, and we've got a really robust job board as well. So. Remember, I have like we have like over 100 portfolio companies that translates to hundreds of jobs. Right. And, yeah. and 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 so to the extent someone's looking to break into Web3, go into our website, look at our job board, um, send a note to and, and apply. Reach out to me, reach out to us and, and we'll make sure that that, that they get a look. Um, because, again, it's all about people. And that's an, that's a wonderful way to get involved in in, uh, in Web3. Like I said earlier, I'm a vet. Um, if anyone cares about military veterans or they are a military veteran, um, we started an, an organization called Veterans and Digital Assets, VITA. It means life. So um, happy for people to join our Discord as well, and uh, we can advance that and get them up to speed. Really good subject matter expertise in there. Love it. Now, when I think about um, crypto, a lot of people are like, hodl, hodl, right? You know, you never sell uh, but as a guy who uh, you know runs a fund, you know, imagine you typically have a few indicators that tell you, okay, now might be a good time to divest or to realize some gains. Um, can you kind of give us maybe just a basic framework for thinking about how do we sell or when do we sell? Um, you know, I, I really can't give an investment advice, um, but I'm trying to think of how I can how I can help the listeners here. Look, our, our portfolio managers are risk takers and, and their job is to identify value and to maximize that value on behalf of, 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 of the LPs. Um, I, you know, clearly one thing we can't do is we don't have differentiated um, like non-public information. That that's something that does, does not fly. So we have to stay very regulated and, and we need to make sure that any information that we act upon um, is not material non-public. So that's one thing that, that we're very focused on is, is doing the right thing. Um, and so what we do is we build a thesis, right? We spend a lot of time looking at um, looking at, at tokenomics, looking at emissions, looking at all those things that contribute to its economics. And when when we see something um, that that we said, okay, it's, it's surpassed our expectations on economics, then in our liquid fund we take we take the appropriate action. So it's it's really driven by research, like pure fundamental research. That's how we make our decisions. Kind of like just a case by case basis. Like if this thing has realized the potential that we expected, then we're going to realize that yeah. maybe. We also look at macro, right? Macro macroeconomics mm-hmm. have, have played a very important part in our valuation. It's really informed our valuation thesis this year, and so you have to. You can't just like focus on crypto. We spend a lot of time looking at macro, 
and and how does macro contribute to to various performance of, of underlying tokens? And so, you know, I mean, if you look back, macro has been a major driver of valuations this year. Yeah, I mean, when you have these interest rate hikes that just suck liquidity out of the market generally, well, guess what? You know, crypto on the very very far right tail of the risk spectrum is going to get liquidity kind of yanked from it uh, just as you know even quicker. Um, which actually kind of dovetails into another question that just popped in my mind, but it's like, if you have lots of, uh, you know, capital or you know, big position in a coin and it's illiquid, um, you know, are you guys active, like in the liquid fund, are you guys actively market making, uh, some of these more illiquid tokens or are you guys, uh, I see you shaking your head. No, we, we, we don't, we don't market make, we, we, um, in our strategies, what we do is we're focused on just fundamental research, um, and, and we'll take positions that way. But we, yeah, we're not market makers. Yeah, and you know, crypto is so illiquid relative to uh, you know the rest of the world. Do you ever see a possibility where where crypto is the industry um, that almost like brings the rest of the world out of recession, like the the decorrelation where like crypto starts to rise um, because it's not tied to these you know, falling real world assets. And you ever see kind of a divergence there breakthrough? I mean, people have talked about the divergence theme for a long time. We've seen instances where there is divergence and instances where there's not. Um, yeah, look, we, we will, uh, you know, it will, will, will crypto drive us out of, you know, potential re- recessionary pressures? Uh, I don't know. But what I do know is that there's a lot of value being created and innovation is something that leads to job growth. And, you know, to the extent that we can get our policies right, and and even President Biden said it in his executive order around you know creating the conditions for responsible innovation. It's hard. It's really hard. But if we get it right, you know, look at look at Web two. The United States dominates Web two, right? And many of the other jurisdictions lost out. And I'll also tell you that those same jurisdictions right now are really nervous because they don't want to lose Web three. But the jurisdiction and the country and the government that gets Web3 right through principles, principle-based uh, regulation, that's going to result in, in new jobs, economic growth, innovation. That's a very powerful force for economies. And so, like, I can't wait. I, you know, you know peop- we're pro-regulation at CoinFund. And that doesn't mean that we're pro-terrible regulation. We're pro-principles-based regulation that will give our founders predictability and transparency which will contribute to underlying economic activity. So could crypto drive us? Could it contribute materially? Absolutely. Oh, by the way, TradFi, where I came from, that they're starting to think about tokenization. They're starting to think about what does it mean, you know, for me to move from these crazy, you know, two to three day settlement windows to to real time settlement. Like that should unleash new economic um new economic opportunity. And so it's, it's happening. And, um, so I'm hopeful that that you're right. I'm I'm hopeful that we do get economic benefit in the medium term. I mean, speaking of just TradFi getting on board with uh, tokenization, this actually kind of blew my mind. The other day I was watching a summit and Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock gets up there and he, he like quote unquote says the future of markets and securities is tokenization. I never thought I'd hear that word out of his mouth. Um, but like you mentioned, like one of the benefits is like, pretty much instant settlement or just not three or four days settlement with the opportunity for, you know, a clawback 30 days down the line. It's like, you know, this, this is, this is crypto. This is blockchain, which has, um, you know, it's that decentralized clearinghouse. And so just, you know, not really a question or anything, but it is so encouraging to hear these conversations start 
to pop up in these really legit, you know, TradFi uh, conferences. And now they're starting to like kind of throw a little bit of, um, you know, credo over to over to crypto. It's just cool to see. So let's let's talk about Black, BlackRock a bit, because I think it's fascinating. Are you familiar with Aladdin? You know what Aladdin is? Yeah, their asset management platform. It's the infrastructure, right? So it's it's the uh, it's the technology that allows them to essentially manage portfolios, manage risk, and everything else. It's it's infrastructure at its heart, right? But what they did was they took their own proprietary infrastructure, they spun it off because they said, you know, we're huge, we're big, like let's spin this thing off and monetize it, and effectively that is now the order management system for the top um, funds across the world. Most sovereign funds use them. And earlier this year, they connected and they allowed their clients to, to use Aladdin to transact uh, and to be able to trade Bitcoin. What does that mean? Wow. They've got over $20 trillion of assets under management as you look at their client base. Holy this isn't BlackRock money. These are the clients of Aladdin, third party. And now $20 trillion can trade Bitcoin using that pipe, right? That's a big, big deal. Um and I don't think people recognize how that mainstreams Bitcoin. Now, they started with Bitcoin. Why? Because they said, look, we've got historical data back to 2008. Most TradFi companies need around 10 years of historical data, um, you know, plus or minus. Ethereum, 2014, 2015, not quite there yet. But, you know, I, I feel pretty strongly the next product out of, out of that, you know, could be Ethereum, for example. So, yeah. As you start connecting $20 trillion in assets to crypto, that's a very, very powerful thing for the industry. Interesting. In light of Aladdin, do you think Bitcoin is going to have its rise before smaller altcoins in Web3? And what are some of the signs that you look for to determine if an actual bottom has actually occurred in the market? Yeah, look, I, I can't talk. I can't talk about uh, the performance of, of one asset or the other. Um, but look, we do look at we use fundamental analysis. Uh, we look at technical analysis. We look at all different types of inputs, developer activity, you name it. We put these inputs together. Uh, we discuss them. We we and then we make our, our investment decisions based on on a ton of different inputs. Um, you know, I I, yeah, I really can't opine on on one token over the other, but. Um, but that's how we approach this, the, the topic. You got to do your own research, and and yeah. we really pride ourselves in doing our own research very methodically. Totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah, kind of from my experience, um, you know, it, it does seem like Bitcoin kind of gets a base and gets some belief and confidence behind it first and rallies, and then once the market kind of realizes, oh, okay, crypto's not dead, crypto's not going away. Look, Bitcoin, the first, the most stable, the strongest. Now it's starting to rise, and that kind of gives. Um, cover, if you will, for, for some of the other ones to rise, but definitely don't need any of your, uh, you know, opinions on that. Uh, I know that there's lot, lots of tight regulation that we don't want to, we don't want to breach. And so, uh, before we let you go, you know, we've got a, a few closing questions that we'd like to ask every guest that comes on the show, just real easy ones, just to give a little, uh, sense of your, your personal, you know, sort of, uh, formations. And, you know, out of all the people you've come across in crypto, is there any, or, companies or people, but are there any companies or people that have really impressed you have really um, just been a huge outstanding highlight um, in your years in being a fund manager? Gosh, that, that is a, a tough question. Um, there's, there's some really, really smart people out there and, and I get to see them every day. Like it, it's pretty amazing when you, when you show up at your morning meeting and you just get exposed to like the smartest 
people in the world that are building like things that are going to change the world. It's, it's such an awesome experience to have. Um, I, I've really enjoyed, like I, I moved to, 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 uh, to coin fund over a year ago. And the reason I made that move was for the people there, um, mm-hmm. blown away by their approach, their sophistication, uh, the way they attack problems and the culture. Like I, I love where I work. I love the culture. It's very inclusive. Like, as as investors, we have to be very critical of our investments. We have to be able to try to poke holes in any investment thesis. But we do so in a really thoughtful, diverse, inclusive way where we leverage our differentiated backgrounds to try to really find, like, what do we do at the end of the day? We're trying to find truth, right? And like working with, with my partners in the team, um, it's just incredible to try to find truth together. So I've, I've really enjoyed um, the team and building the team at a coin fund. It's not fair to, for me to say like, you know, this portfolio over that portfolio because they're all awesome. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be partnering with them if they weren't. Um, and it's like, you know, which kid do you love the most? Um, right. <laughs> you know, I can't answer that because I mean, there's just so much talent in the space. It's all different types of talent. Um, but, but it's been, it's been fantastic. That's a great answer. You know, if there's just one more question we have, um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be listening to this episode, either rise its release or even, you know, six months, a year down the road as hopefully the markets are changing and people are still trying to get in. What's one word of advice from a crypto OG to someone brand new getting into the space where we're at right now? Honestly, uh, ignore the noise, keep your head down and build, Amen. right? Focus on what you're doing, you know, spend some time, get off crypto Twitter, you know, it's just going to make you crazy. No, I refuse. <laughs> I know, it's hard. Now nah, you can stay truth. on there, I guess. Um, so but, it's but the build, truth. Right? Like, like build, focus, focus on the mission, build the team, take care of your people and build. And, and, you know, the other thing that's awesome about crypto is that there's so much information. And like, here's, I'm going to contradict what I say and get on crypto Twitter. But, but like, you can, you can get very smart in this space very quickly just by working your tail off. There's so much open source information um, and you can do your own research um, and you can get yourself up to speed and you can learn about this incredible asset class that that is like moving so fast and delivering value. Um, so for me, it really just comes down to hard work. Um, the harder you work, better things will happen to you. There is absolutely no substitute for hard work. Uh, one of my basketball coaches would always say, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So I think that's a great note to, to kind of wrap things up on, Chris, man. Thank you so much. We, we, we already hit 40 minutes. This blew by. And uh, hoped, hopefully we could uh, have you on uh, sometime again in the future to talk markets, to talk about any sort of exciting things you guys are working on, maybe a, another launch of a fund. Uh, but with that being said, uh, again, thank you for your time and, and for your service to the country. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Everybody who's watching at home, stay tuned. Uh, We'll have some more guests coming up for you guys later this week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.